All right, welcome everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'm here with Evan, Rob, and Donald. We have a special guest with us today. We have Danny Vietti. Uh, Danny, for just uh, give yourself a little introduction to our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, like you said, Danny Vietti, writer for CBS Sports, social media for CBS Sports, uh, and lately doing podcasting too. So if you have some time to check out another podcast besides this one, check out the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast every Wednesday. Now, you put a tweet out uh, a couple of days ago about fixing baseball. Um, how did the response go for you with that? Yeah, there was a lot of interesting responses. Uh, there's baseball is so fractured right now because, and, and me and my co-host talked about this the other day. The problem with baseball is that there's no transparency and there's nobody, um, there's nobody keeping anybody. Everybody looking out for themselves. The players are looking out for themselves. The owners are looking out for themselves, but there's nobody looking out for the good of the game. And that leads to different breaks in the system. And it starts with blackout games. It start, it, it then leads into um, critiques of the game itself by analysts or um, people in power, where as opposed to celebrating the game itself, so there's different breaks in the game right now, and we're not celebrating the game for what it is today. And unfortunately, we talk too much about what goes on behind these closed doors as opposed to celebrating the game itself. We talk too much about what goes on outside of the diamond as opposed to what actually is going on inside the diamond. And there's some really good things happening inside that diamond. Okay. So what we'd like to do is I'm going to have uh, Evan start because he's our loudest uh, teammate. Uh, we're each going to throw out an idea at you of what we would do as baseball fans, you know, not just fans of a local team, mm-hmm. of how baseball can can generate and become what it was back in the day. Okay. So Evan, what's your first what, – what would you do? Yeah, Rob Manfred is always talking about how he wants to get more viewership and the youth to focus in on baseball. And I'm convinced that the way to do that is get people more involved in the draft. I don't Mm -hmm. think there's enough viewership for college baseball. And if they could do that, uh, maybe we'd get more excitement for the draft because we'd know who the players are. What do you think about that? And what do you think uh, is an option to make that a better uh, thing going forward? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I really like that point you made because I'm a former college player, so I'm all for trying to get more in touch with that level and trying to bring a relationship, a better relationship between major league baseball and college. The complications arise because it's hard to compare it to the NBA or NFL because 90% plus of players that play in the NBA and NFL, they come from the NCAA rank. So they can have that strong relationship. Whereas baseball is obviously different. You have, you know, a quarter of the guys coming from, uh, division one, another quarter coming from high school, and the other half is anywhere from junior college ball to NAIA to lower level NCAA. So it gets really complicated, and obviously there's so many different rounds in the draft that it's hard to make it as big as, say, an NFL-NBA draft. But to your point, I don't think Major League Baseball does enough, enough uh, puts enough time into hyping the entire event up. And, you know, we've seen over the years, number one picks – they're pre- I mean, they're pretty well known when you hear the number one pick, even though they don't all work out. Um, you know, people want to know who these people are. 
Um, and that, that's any draft. It, and I'm comparing it to the NBA NFL again. Not every number one pick in the NBA works out. Not every number one pick in the NFL works out. But they do a really good job of hyping it up. Even if it's bigger than it should be, they do a really good job of hyping it up. So to your point, I think it really goes to creating a relationship with the NCAA and really all levels. And Major League Baseball, and we're kind of going back to this first point, it's so fractured right now. They don't have their ducks in a row up top. And so it's really hard to get their ducks in a row when you go lower and lower with their relationships. So I want to piggyback off of, of Evan's point and something that I've been mentioning almost weekly and daily is I think what MLB needs to do is branch out either to additional broadcasting or start a second network and start at, start broadcasting some of these minor league teams games mm-hmm. and introduce some of these minor league prospects to the main watch, you know, the, the mainstream watchers of the MLB network, you know, that would help, especially in the off season, you know, we can hear a name that uh, on that top 100 prospect list, we'll understand where they're coming, you know, who they're, what they're about, what their talent levels are, but the average, the average fan doesn't know who these players are. So they'll hear a major name being traded you know, like the Mets just made a move with Stephen Matz. So if they don't know about the prospect that went over, the Matz fan is upset. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what they don't, they might not understand that they might be getting somebody better in return. So I think if they were able to broadcast, because you see the popularity of college basketball, college football, I think if MLB was able to capitalize on broadcasting the minor league games, they can be just as competitive in that secondary level market as far as the the, uh the majors go what do you think about that yeah i think case that just minor league baseball in general needs more exposure especially if you want to hype up the guys being traded um you know hype up the up-and-coming prospects i think that's certainly a good idea the problem is as it always is is it comes down to money and when you broadcast minor league baseball games the viewership is just not going to be there and no viewership means no money. And so I, I love where your head's at. And I think, again, I think exposure needs to be increased when it comes to minor league baseball. I just don't know if broadcasting actual games is the best way to go about it. It's because more than half those players probably you won't care about, or most fans won't care about, because they won't have any impact on the team. Of course, you want to see that one player in his four at-bats. So maybe – maybe this is is just some crazy idea, but maybe you do some type of an NFL red zone type thing and you have different boxes and you have different prospects up on the TV. And anytime, um, you know, Mackenzie Gore is on the mound for the Padres, you have Mackenzie Gore in one corner. Um, You have Debbie Garcia in the bottom right corner, like wherever you want to go there, but you have your top prospects up there and you give the people really what they want to see. Yeah. I like that idea as well. Um, Donald, what's your, uh, take on it what do you think well, be- well so just in terms of baseball like uh like how to improve it okay so i got a couple of questions um i think we've got an issue with marketability in terms of the stars of the of the sport i think we have an issue with with marketing these guys so um in order to because i think we had a, did a better job of that in in previous decades like the 90s and um, so 
I was wondering about shortening the season because I think we've got an issue with fans going to going to these games. I think over 162, it seems a little bit too much. So, um, and also we also have an issue with resting a lot of players and all that stuff because the analytics era and stuff. So, um, if we shortened the season, do you think more fans would come in? Um, do you think it would, uh, and then there would be less rest days so that you would see your stars more when you go to these games and things like that? I've always been in favor of a shorter season, kind of like you. I've always been in favor of 122 games or 120 game season. I personally don't think 162 is necessary to see who the best team is for that season. I think if you're not the best team after 120 games, you have no room to complain after that. You don't need an extra 40 to see if you're the better team because especially after 120, all of a sudden you have teams getting injured. And I don't personally think – like I think injuries are part of the game, but I don't think injuries – I hate when injuries decide a division winner or decide a World Series champion. That's not to me – that shouldn't be the deciding factor. It should be talent, team culture, everything within the team. Um, and so I've always been in favor of a shorter season, 120 games, but we've already seen the disconnect between the MLBPA – in Major League Baseball. Anytime the owners want something or the owners don't want something, they're going to either want or not want something in return. So if we get a shorter season, like 120 games, I could only imagine uh, the the pushback that the owners would, would push on that. But if, if you get 120 games, the owners are going to want something in return because it's less revenue for them. So they're, you're going to need, either need to do some kind of expanded playoff, some other way for them to make money. Um, and I'm not quite sure how you make up for 40 lost games. That's really where the issues come in. It, I hate to say this, but it's always about money, and that would be the same case here. The timing is also really bad. Because of the pandemic, I think they're going to claim that they lost a lot of money, so they're not going to want to go from 162 down below that after a 60-game season regardless. Yeah, they're probably – I think you're absolutely right. And I think marketability – I don't know if it has as much to do with duration of season as it does just having your biggest players in meaningful games. And I, I put a lot of people put the blame on Major League Baseball for not marketing Mike Trout. I put the, all the blame on the Los Angeles Angels themselves. They haven't put a product on the field in order for for Mike Trout to have that spotlight. I don't think Rob Manfred can't control that. And I've had my fair share of critiques of Rob Manfred. He has no control what kind of product goes out there in Anaheim. The Los Angeles Angels do. They haven't done a good enough job of marketing their own player for Major League Baseball to then be able to market them. Yeah, we've had our fair share of criticism towards Manfred ourselves. <laughs> but um, Rob, you're, uh, you're next up to bat. So what's your uh, what would you change? Well, obviously the big thing in the news right now is with the Hall of Fame voting, you know, nobody getting in. Um, but my biggest issue with it is we had 14 blank ballots. So I don't know if there'd be a way to like to, to fix that. If we had, you know, another case this next year where another 14 or 15 ballots are blank, is there any way that baseball can go about, you know, changing the way the voting process is done, maybe giving some voting rights to the fans or, you know, maybe just to the players and generals, you know, just some way that we don't have a similar situation to what happened this year. Yeah, I think the BBWA is in a really – interesting conundrum right now because i talked with ken rosenthal i think it was two weeks ago now and he straight up told us he said i don't think i want to vote anymore there's too many there's too many different angles that are coming at him from all different directions now when he first started voting he said he loved it he really took pride in it because yeah. uh, did his research he did 
Um, he really liked having that power. Now there's so many different character issues that go on with the voting process. He says, I don't really want that responsibility anymore. And I can't say I blame him. Yeah. It's um, not about what the players did anymore. It's about what they've done after. It's correct. And, the off the field noise is overshadowing their accomplishments. Correct. And, and who's to say what, who's drawing that line? That's where it really becomes because there's been stories about Babe Ruth, how he probably wasn't the best person off the field, you know, and Babe Ruth, greatest player you could make the case greatest player of all time if we had twitter in 1910 1920 would we be putting babe ruth in the hall of fame i don't know i I don't have that answer but i think the bbwa is in a really tough spot right now and they're facing a lot of flack and you mentioned blank ballots i personally wouldn't have submitted a blank ballot i had a handful of guys i made my own ballot i had a handful of guys on that ballot but it is their right to have a blank ballot there's if they don't feel one is deserved that's their right when they have their vote yeah it's kind of you know i think one way to compromise on that is you get you're only allowed to submit a blank ballot once you know you know there's that you know you're allowed that one year where i'm you know you're just not sure as, as a voter for that so you know, there are ways that can be compromised on the, the, the rules of, of the Hall of Fame voting. Uh, but they're, they're, they're severe, it's severe, the system's severely broken on the whole process. You know, and it's also broken, you know, to get back to, 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 to the topic, it's baseball that just can't get out of its own way. And I think that we grew up with, you know, watching, you know, you know, baseball movies as a kid, there was always that major league player that was featured in that movie, you know, and, you know, Ken Griffey was all over the place. He was in everything, you know, and I like that. I can't remember the name of the movie, but there was one where he was portrayed as the villain. And it was great. And I think if, if major league baseball was able to get back to that type of marketing with a player like Mike Trout, it would really help. Because we know the name, but we don't know, we don't see what he's doing to get that name. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting. I really thought about the uh, entertainment industry, movie industry aspect of it. But you're right, and and yeah, I don't. Uh, what was it? Something about Mary. They did uh, Brett Favre. Um, yeah, that was had- the other one. <laughs> Jam uh, two is coming out with LeBron. Space Jam, the first one had Jordan. So yeah. you're right. There other sports probably do a better job in that regard. And I haven't really thought about that aspect, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting point. And I think baseball movies as a whole, it's kind of uh, yeah, like we haven't had a really great baseball movie really probably since Moneyball that came out a few years back. Um, I so maybe that- Moneyball. You don't like Moneyball? <laughs> It's historically inaccurate. They changed so much. They ignored facts about the roster and other things and made that team look like they had no other options. It, it was a good movie, but no, I don't like it very much. It's Hollywood. I, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I went back. I watched it, you know, a couple of times, and I, I agree with Evan too. I think it, it was, it was portrayed as the scrap heap team. Uh, but there were solid players that were on that roster that yeah. contributed to that run that, that they had. So 
like you said, it's Hollywood, but baseball could have you know done a little better with the way that it was portrayed. What's funny about the A's too and Moneyball is that they've obviously for the past decade they were celebrated for having such a low income, low revenue, and still having a lot of success. Yeah. Now that narrative is is flipping a little bit. Now people are saying Steve uh, John Fisher made. $10 million after the 2019 season. He's making money and he's saying that they don't have enough money to spend on free. They let Marcus Simeon go. Matt Chapman is going to be uh, coming off the books. in I think 2024. they're going to have decisions to make and they're saying they don't have money right now. So it's funny, all this um, appreciation and celebration that the A's front office got this past decade. It's that's changing a little bit. Right, especially yeah. when you see what the Rays are able to do. Yes, so exactly. We're gonna we're gonna give you a chance to throw a question at us, but I wanted to throw one more thing at you. The tax, the amount of money that teams are allowed to, you know, that you know, before going over that that two ten mark. One thing that we explored here and we started talking about was having a minimum salary. Mm-hmm. So. Let's say for argument's sake, we'll make it $80, $80 million a year is the minimum payroll the team can have. When you have the, t- the, the shared revenue from the, the, from the bigger market teams, if, the, if a team is able to show that they've put every dollar of that shared revenue towards player salary, and you still don't reach that 80, 80, 80 million mark, you're safe. You're okay. If, mm-hmm. you show, if you can't show that you've used all that shared revenue towards player salary, that next season you get cut, you get you know a percentage off of that year's shared revenue. Mm-hmm. I don't think I think the, t- the the owners need to stop putting it in their pockets and putting it on the field. What do you think about an idea like that? Yeah, I think it really goes back to the entire argument of having just a salary cap in general. It needs to be a salary cap, salary minimum. I couldn't agree more. Why is Major League Baseball the only sport, the only big professional sport in the United States that doesn't have a salary cap? I have no idea because there's no doubt about it. The Yankees have more luxuries than the Tampa Bay Rays, and they play in the same division. And that's not the, I'm, I'm not here to say, oh, the Yankees shouldn't spend that much money. Of course they should. They make that much money. They've earned that right. But unfortunately, it does limit teams like Tampa Bay Rays, Cleveland Indians, Oakland A's. Too many owners, here's, here's, we're getting into more and more issues here. Too many Major League Baseball owners claim they don't have enough money to spend on their players, which is a flat-out lie. I did the math on Francisco Lindor before he went to New York. Cleveland could have afforded Francisco Lindor. They opted not to. Would the owner have made money on his investment his investment being the franchise itself yes he would have made less money off of it but if he really wanted to if he really wanted to put the best product on the field he could have re-signed francisco lindor and so back to this whole salary cap salary minimum i I couldn't agree more that there needs to be a salary minimum because i don't think there's any question the pirates are not looking to compete this year okay they're not a winning product out on the field there's not enough competitive teams that are that are willing to spend to, to, to for for their fans, you know. The Pirates is definitely one of them. 
And so I, I do agree that there needs to be a minimum spend because I know that Scott Boris, you know, prominent agent, he's been on shows like the Michael K show and things like that in the New York area. And he's, he talks about how the system is broken in terms of free agency because there's a lot of guys that don't get signed until spring training because there's so few teams that are actually willing to compete, willing to spend at all. So there's only a handful of teams that are every year that are willing to spend. The Yankees are one of them. Dodgers are another. Now the Mets. Um, so that's I think that's an issue. You know, it, there's a lot of players that that um, get signed for one year contracts that are below market, and I think a minimum spend would uh, would at least um, you know wake up the market a little bit, make it a bit more interesting. It's your point, and we talked about this earlier. It's all about incentive for the owners. The owners need incentive to spend money. If there's no salary minimum. No, um, if you don't give that that extra push. So if we want a salary minimum, if we want to encourage owners to spend more money, like say the Pirates, the Pirates payroll is going to come in at like 30 or $40 million, which that, is that's a shame. horrible. It is a shame. It is a shame. Yeah, it, it's an absolute shame. And They're so, not even done moving players. They're thinking about uh, moving Adam Frazier too. So it's like... Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if you want to encourage an owner... Um, to spend more money, you have to give them some kind of incentive. So if you're going to do the salary minimum, you have to come up with some type of salary cap too. And you have to find a way to evenly distribute the revenue that comes into Major League Baseball. It's a very in-depth, complicated issue, but I think it's something that Major League Baseball needs to kind of look at. Do you think the Players' Union will want that to happen eventually? Do you think that'll be something that could happen in, in, in future? The players' union would, but it's going back to money. Well, the owners want to do that because yeah, if the, have- the owners, yeah, they both want to make money. You know, the owners want to save as much as they can on the south uh, on the roster, and the players want to make as much money as they can. So it's a it's a complete it's a nonstop back and forth argument. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like either side is willing to hear the other one out. Oh, exactly. And it goes back. Exactly. I think I mentioned it earlier. Everybody's looking out for themselves. Nobody's looking out for the good of the game. And again, we're spending, and I'm not uh, at all uh, crediting or, or irritated at you guys for bringing this whole conversation up, but here's the problem. We've spent this entire podcast talking about money and things that happen behind closed doors. And again, I, I've enjoyed this conversation, but we should be talking about, agents we should talk about people actually on the field unfortunately major league baseball forces us to have these conversations yeah you know uh, exactly we, we could pretty much we could probably do 24 hours of this chat yeah. and still have more to say mm-hmm. um unfortunately you know our, our time has run short and we do want to have you back um and anytime you want to come on and, and uh, poke our brains about ideas. You're, you know, you're more than welcome to, to get a hold of us. Um, but I do want to thank you for for joining us today, and we hope we're able to continue this chat again in the future. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed the conversation. Good luck this year. I mean, you guys are looking. By you guys, I mean the Yankees are looking pretty solid. So we're. Well, actually who's your a- tip for uh, for who, who for the World Series or the playoffs or anything? Well, I mean. Who, who, 2019. So I got Padres and White Sox in World Series this year, and I'm doing it. White Sox, really? Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I haven't heard that one. 
Why the yeah. like uh, So I pit, I made this pick back in 2019 when I saw what both of their farm systems were doing and how they were set up for the future. Uh, I put it out there in 2019, so I'm sticking to it. Okay, that's fair. And what would you say the Yankees need to do to to make it? Is there any weaknesses that you see? I mean, there's definitely some question marks when it comes to the rotation. Now, I just staying healthy. I know you, I'm going to sound like a broke. You guys have heard this before. Um, <laughs> we've heard it. We've said it. <laughs> they have you like the Tyon deal. We have Tyon coming up on our podcast this next week. So, I'll oh, really? Oh, when's yeah, that? Awesome. I got to tune in. <laughs> It'll be uh, this upcoming Wednesday. So, awesome. Okay. We'll definitely I'll be sure to out. tune in. Yeah. Thank you. So, you know, Danny, again, thank you for your time. And um, we hope to talk to you again real soon. All right, guys. Take care. Take care, buddy. And uh, from everybody at YankeeChronicles.com, I hope you all have a safe day. Stay safe. Stay smart. We will talk to you soon. All right. Bye.